welcome to another episode of the How to Love the Shit Out of Life podcast. Sally here and it is time for another guest episode of the pod today. But before I get into a little bit about the guest, just a few things I like to remind you of on every episode of the podcast. So How to Love the Shit Out of Life is available on multiple platforms, including Apple, Podbean, SoundCloud and Spotify. If you do like to listen to the podcast on Apple, please give us a review. You can also access all of the episodes via my website, which is www.howtolovetheshitoutoflife.com forward slash podcast. They're all there for you to listen to. A recent addition to the podcast, I launched a crowdfunding platform. Uh, this podcast is fully independent. I'm not backed by any big corporates or anything like that. So a little bit of money, a little bit of financial help goes a long way to making sure that how to love the shit out of life is the best it can be. So you can now make a financial contribution to the podcast. The link is in the show notes on whichever platform you are listening to. You can also find the link on my website as well. Uh, There is also an email newsletter sign up at the bottom of the homepage of my website. That was www.howtolovetheshitoutoflife.com. And what else? I think follow us on social media if you don't already. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's about it. But today's episode, as I said earlier, guest episode, I was really stoked to have a chat recently with J-Boy, who is a tattoo artist based out at Picton Tattoos, which is a very popular tattoo parlor here in the southwest of Sydney. Uh, We had a really fun, interesting chat. Jay shared a lot of stories about his experiences as a tattoo artist. We also go into the hard work and the effort that goes into this sort of trade Um, and a little bit about the different types of people that he meets in his line of work. So uh, it was really great having a chat with Jay. He was very fun, very easy to talk to. I think this will be a really great listen for you guys out there. So Enjoy the latest episode of the How to Love the Shit Out of Life podcast. Hello and welcome to the How to Love the Shit Out of Life podcast. I am very excited to be loving the shit out of tattoos today with J-Boy, who is a tattoo artist at Picton Tattoos, a local business in the Southwest Sydney region. I am keen to pick Jay's brain about tattoos and how he loves the shit out of them. So welcome to the podcast, Jay. Hello, it's good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, no worries. Um, did you want to start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and I guess your journey as a tattoo artist? Yeah, well, <clears throat> my journey started into the tattoo world pretty early when I was when I was fairly young. My father was around the biker scene and I sort of grew up into that. So at the time when I was a young kid growing up, I was around heavily tattooed people and a really crazy atmosphere with, you know, a lot of airbrush choppers and hot rods and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I remember I used to go to, you know, people's places and they'd have their walls airbrushed and they'd have tattoos. And I mean, at the time, you're thinking sort of 20 plus years ago, it was unusual to Mm. see that sort of scene, but it wasn't unusual for me because I grew up into it. But as I started getting older, I used to see, you know, guys would come to a house and they'd all be going for a big ride and it was a Tuesday and they'd all pull up 
in their vests with heavily tattooed and they had long hair and, and they'd be riding choppers that were all painted up and, and it would be a Tuesday. Yeah. And I used to think, I'm going to school. I go to school and all my friends' dads, what are your dad doing today? Oh, um, he's an accountant or he does this or he does that. And he's just going to a nine to five job. My dad was riding around the countryside and God knows where he was. And mm. I used to think that's cool. So it was an intriguing thing from a young age for me. Then as I started to get a little bit older, uh, one of his friends in particular, little Mick, he was pretty much to this day, everything that I wanted to be. He was heavily tattooed. He was a tattoo artist. He used to build his own choppers, build his own cars, and he was just the coolest, craziest, eccentric mm-hmm. madman you could ever meet. So one time when I was a kid, you know, dad used to take me up there to get when he would get tattooed. I used to go into the tattoo shop in Brisbane with him because we would fly up there and make a bit of a holiday out of it. But really, it was dad getting tattooed in the tattoo shop. And I would hang out in the back rooms and look around and be just in awe of naked girls on the walls and all sorts of things that go with the tattoo shops. Um, And then one time in particular, I went up there and stayed with little Mick for probably a few days. And I was only fairly young. And at the time he took me into the tattoo shop a couple of times, but there was a couple of times that I would stay at his house and little Mick's house was a factory unit. And on the outside, he'd airbrushed it to look like a castle, like an old haunted castle. Wow. And on the outsides, he would have gargoyles and statues and things that he'd made, mm. and he had them on the walls. And I was just a kid, like, blown out. You used to walk in his house, and he'd have these hot rods and Harleys, and his walls were all airbrushed with bikes coming down the road and all sorts of stuff. And he had statues of things that he'd made. He was just an eccentric person, and I used to mm. think, this is so cool, you know? So as I got older... Um, and I was more around that scene. I wanted to do airbrushing like what little Mick did. <clears throat> so I started doing little bits and pieces, but I was never really any good, but everyone used to give me a go. You know, I used to yeah. paint bikes and I used to paint the walls and then it went from one thing to another. I was doing a couple of hot rods. Then I was doing someone's house. Then I was doing a clubhouse. I was doing all of these different things. Um, and it just sort of evolved from that. But once I went to school and left school, I remember <clears throat> I went into panel beating and spray painting yeah because I figured that the spray painting would help me with the airbrushing and it was just sort of something that I had the opportunity to do as an apprenticeship to be a panel beater and a spray painter so I went along with it but as the time turned out it just wasn't me Mm. I I loved working on cars and custom stuff but the everyday Holden that got smashed and I had to fix it that wasn't interesting to me I wasn't interested so There was another guy who I owe a lot of it to and he came into the scene and he came into the shop and he wanted his bike airbrushed and flame job put on his bike. So at the time I did the bike and it was all done and everything was good. And then he came back a couple of days later and he said, did you paint this bike? And I said, yeah. He said, well, what are you doing here? He said, you should be doing art, something to do with art. And he said he's opening a tattoo shop in Wollongong and his name was Steve. And he said, I'm opening a tattoo shop in Wollongong. I need an apprentice. And I said, all right, well, it's not really for me because I have a bit of a funny thing about needles and blood. (laughs) So 
this is a true story. I was a little bit of, I had a phobia about needles and blood and I was not really keen on it. I liked the airbrushing, but the tattooing seemed like I was going to get a lot of blood on me. And I, I didn't like the idea of that. So I resisted it and resisted it and resisted it until one day I just had enough. I decided that this wasn't for me. I was getting up early every morning, driving, you know, an hour to work, covered in filthy nicky dust and all sorts and working on cars in the cold and on the ground and the concrete. And it was just a dirty job. And I rang him up and I said, that's it. Take me down. I want to see what this is about. So <clears throat> he took me down there to Wollongong to his shop and I walked in and it was beautiful. It was like a salon. It looked like a hair salon and it wasn't too far from the beach. And we went into the shop and everyone was just listening to music, tattooing, chatting. One of the apprentices at the time come over, hey, man, what do you want? Do you want, a, do you want a drink or do you want something to eat or do you want this and that? And I was like, well, yeah, okay. What have you got? He's like, well, there's Chinese, there's Thai, whatever you want up the road. And I'm thinking, when I'm in the factory unit, there's a tuck shop around the corner, but that's about it. <laughs> so it was cool for me, you know. I walked in there and, you know, at the time I was young, young guy, and there was young girls getting tattooed and then showing a bit of flesh and I was just, I'm in. I want to do this, yeah. you know. So... I went back home and I said, I want to be a tattoo artist. And the funniest thing happened was my dad said, no, there's no money in it. Don't do it. Mm. And I said at the time, um, well, there's no real money in panel beating from what I can tell. <laughs> and it's a filthy, dirty job. So I'm going to do it. And the other thing was I was going to be driving about an hour and a half each way every day yeah. to do an apprenticeship. And I was coming home at, you know, 12 o'clock at night and stuff after working the long shifts, you know, day shifts, then driving down to tattoo and learning how to tattoo at the night time. And it would be midnight before I would get home. And I was driving an old 57 FC Holden at the time. So it wasn't a really convenient car to be driving backwards and forwards in and all the rest of it. So yeah. um, once I went down there, I met a guy named Lance, Lance Daly, and he really took me under his wing and became my mentor for you know tattooing he he just showed me everything you had this is what you do this is how you do it and I just sat there with him for hours and hours on end and just learned it and learned it and learned it and learned it until it eventuated into um you know getting the job and becoming a tattoo artist and doing anything that can walk in the door not just your little flowers or your little symbols or things like this you know and in the meantime I was in a car club uh, which was started by a really famous tattoo artist named Jack Rudy in America. And it was full of tattoo artists and you had to be heavily tattooed and you had to be an artist of some form and work on your own cars. So it was perfect for me. It was the club that I was in. Mm. And little Mick was the president in Australia. That was him. So I kind of naturally fell into that. And through that club, I met everybody, like all of the famous tattoo artists, all of the people who were doing really good in the Australian scene, Paul Brenneff, um, there was just so many big names that I would go to and spend time and I would fly. At the time, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't go on YouTube or whatever like everyone does now. Mm. I used to fly around the country and sit with tattoo artists for two days wow. and I would learn and pick their brain and I would get tattooed from them because nobody really wanted to give up their secrets that easily. Yeah. Like everybody held everything close to their chest um, like a good example is when I went over to America and I sat with baby Ray, he was telling me, he actually tattooed me with the first tattoo machine that, um, Mr. Cartoon ever had. It's got Mr. Cartoon number one written on it, engraved on it. 
baby Ray's still got the machine. And I said, why do you have that? And he said, because I showed him how to tattoo. And baby Ray's is mad as a cut snake, by the way. Mm. I've got another bunch of stories about that guy. But the thing was the nobody wanted to teach Mr. Cartoon because he was such a good drawer. And they thought if he starts tattooing, he's going to start cutting into their, into their money if yeah, he becomes okay. a tattooist. So it was kind of the similar all the way around the board. It was the same in America. It was the same here. No one really, really wanted to give you their secrets. But there was guys like Little Mick and Paul Brenneth and Scotty Mackin that I would go and see and sit with and they would tell me everything they knew. And really it's because of guys like them that I became who I am today, you know, like, and I didn't have to sit on the internet and read and look up things. I would sit with them and learn. And it was always an experience. It wasn't just watching a video and then trying it. It was, there was always an experience while you were in the tattoo shop. You know, there was always something happening. Like eventually I ended up going over to America for three months and I just tattooed my way around and met a lot of people. And, you know, um, I mean, I met Seth Enslow through tattooing and he's become one of my close friends because I judged the tattoo show in Campbelltown at Harley Davidson and he was one of their guests there. And we just clicked and we become good friends. So when I went there, I stayed at his house and, and I met a bunch of people through him. And then it just went, you know, seven degrees of separation. You'd, you would meet certain people constantly. Mm. Um, so it was been a really interesting thing, meeting people, the way that you go and meet someone and then you have an experience with them. You know, I think, that, I think that's the best thing about tattooing that I really enjoy at the moment. Yeah, Ooh. it sounds like kind of the coolest and probably the best way to do a trade. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, as you said, like a lot of people nowadays would go on YouTube and just, you know, watch a shit ton of videos, but they're not getting that in-person experience with people's personalities and, and yeah. learning about the trade in like a deep and I guess a bit more of a meaningful way. Yeah. Well, even in a roundabout way, like I said, the car club that I'm in with all of the car guys and the tattooists, a lot of them are in America and uh, you know, we would meet James Hatfield come out for the Metallica concert mm. and you know, he was in our car club through tattooing through the guys over there and through seven degrees of separation again, we had him at our house. We met him. He come over here and stayed in touch with us and everything. So, I mean, I'm a kid from Bargo in New South Wales, like a little <laughs> bum town, and I'm hanging out with James Hatfield and Seth Enslow and all these cool guys that when I was a kid, I looked up to. You know, I remember being a kid watching Seth Enslow do the Krusty Demons tour and, and um, all that stuff on video, you know, when we were on VHS. We yeah. used to watch it. Um, <laughs> And here I am now, I'm good friends with him, you know. So it's taken me to a lot of cool places. Like um, I was in a tattoo shop called The Shamrock, which is Mark Mahoney's shop. In It's, it's right, in, <clears throat> right in the main street, like Sunset Boulevard, like Sunset Street. And I walked in there to see him and I went into the shop and I walked out the back and everyone sort of sat back and looked at me, you know, like I shouldn't be there. And Mark said, oh, come in, you know. Mark's actually a really cool guy himself. He's a little bit famous. He was on uh, the movie Black Mass with Johnny Depp. So he's a really cool guy. When you meet him, he's always in a, like, suit. He's got this cool accent, like a real New York gangster type feel. <laughs> like, he's always got his hair done up, and he's a super cool guy. Like, And he tattoos all the famous people. So when I walked in the shop, 
I went out the back and I sat down. Mark said hello. So it was all right. I went and sat with him and I spent the time talking to Mark while he was tattooing this guy. And um, at first, this guy was a bit weary of me. He was a bit funny and he didn't really say anything. And then he noticed that I wasn't interested in him at all. Mm. And I had no idea who he was. So then I was talking to Mark and he started chiming in, you know, and he started dropping names. He's like, yeah, me and Axel did this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what do you do, mate? He's like, oh, I'm, I'm a musician, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, everyone is, aren't they? Mm. He's like, yeah, yeah, but, I, you know, I've, I've done it for a living and that. And he kept, you know, he was getting to the point. <laughs> so I find out that it was Steve Adler from the Guns N' Roses. So what? I sat there and after he knew that I didn't really care about who he was or any of that and I was talking to Mark, I was more interested in the tattooing side of it. Then we were all hanging out, having a good time, <laughs> you know. And the time after that, when I went to see him, he was tattooing um, Machete, Danny Trio. So mm. I've just sort of fumbled my way around and would bump into all these crazy people and made, I made lifelong friends out of it. Like uh, a guy named Cool Hand Luke. I went over to uh, California and I was just cruising around and I wanted to get a tattoo. And I was on Instagram and I seen this guy and I thought I like his stuff. So I found out he was about four hours away. So I got a car, I drove over there and he tattooed me for one day. And now we're like, we talk all the time. We're best friends. He's, he was like meeting my kindred spirit over in America. He is exactly like me, he does everything that I do. And we just clicked and I've made a lifelong friend out of it. So oh. it's made me a lot of friends, taken me a lot of places. And it's been a super cool job. You could not have a cooler job, put it that way. You're selling it. You're selling it to me. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so this podcast is all about positivity and happiness. So how do tattoos and the work that you do bring that into your life? Well, I'm just happy to be able to do what I do for a living. To make good money out of an art form, of any art form really, is, is something special on its own. Like I don't get up ever and have Monday-itis. I never get up and think, I've got to go to work today. It's always something different. I don't walk in and it's the same job. It's a different job, a different person. It's, it's, really, it's a really, really special thing to be able to create art and meet people and friends, make friends out of it and make people happy, you know. Nothing's better to a tattooist, I think, that when you can tattoo someone and they cry afterwards because they're happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they cry and they hug you and they are so grateful because some people are coming in because their relative died or mm. it's a special occasion for them. It's their wedding anniversary or, you know, it's, it's always something meaningful. Like there's not a lot of people. Um, yeah, there is a lot of people that get tattooed for the sake of it, but there's a lot more people that come in um, and get something that really means something to them. Like we tattoo more I tell you more old ladies and like women, just your, your mums and, and your dad's coming in, just getting something meaningful or families coming in. Like I've even got to the point now where I'm tattooing sons and daughters of the guys that I used to tattoo. Oh. So it's a generational thing now, you know? So it's a great job. I just can't, you couldn't get any more satisfaction out of a job than going there and just in, enjoying being around people and meeting people and the stories you hear and the deals that you can make with buying and selling a car or a bike <laughs> if they've got something and you can wheel and deal it's fun you, you are right in the public it's like a hairdresser's on mm. steroids <laughs> because you are sitting with people for hours and hours on end sometimes eight hours and sometimes for more than one day like I've had 
I had a guy recently come in four days in a row for eight hours at a time. So every day. So nearly a week I tattooed him for. And we just sat and talked about everything, you know. So you make another friend and another connection as well. So if you ever need anything, you've usually got a connection in some way. Most tattooists, they've got a builder. They've got an electrician. They've got someone that can do something <laughs> for them because it's a barter system, you know. It's a great yeah, uh, so. networking networking gig. It, it is a great networking <laughs> thing, yes, definitely. So you touched on, you know, the art form and obviously going back to your story, you know, when you were, do, you know, painting that car and that guy came back and was like, did you do this? You know, you should be doing something creative. Why do you believe tattoos are still such a relevant and important art form in today's society? Well, I think that they're more relevant than they've ever been because back in the day you used to be a bikey or you used to be a sailor or something or an undesirable person like a, a jailbird or a, to society. You used to be someone that was an outcast. That used to be someone that was tattooed. But now you look at the way that the world has changed. The world's changing so fast and people are getting, you know, even the other day I drove through Picton, the town where our shop is, and there is graffiti, like good graffiti, that's been commissioned by the council, artwork all over the place. And Mm. I'm thinking this is how everything's going. People want to see creativeness. People want to show their own creativeness as well. Like, And you can go to a job now and have a full sleeve and it's more of a talking point than anything rather than oh that person's got a sleeve stay away from them they must be bad so i think that tattoos have come into the mainstream and they're really really a way of expressing yourself and they're an extra way now you know you used to be able to dress different and people would look at you funny for doing that now you can do whatever you want in 2021 it's tattooing has become um, it's just the norm you know there's more tattooed people than not in my opinion from what Mm -hmm. i can see yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that kind of leads into the next thing I wanted to ask you about was just around some of those misconceptions. You know, do you still find some of those myths about people with tattoos still come up? And when they do, you know, how do you challenge them? I think a lot of the misconceptions <clears throat> more around tattooing now are from people trying to become tattooists. Like, So I think people, I know that I've talked about it being an easy, cool job and this and that, but I think that people do think you can come straight into it, pick up a tattoo machine and start tattooing and you're just making money, having fun. They don't want to put the work in. You do have to put the work in. I did fly around the country and the world to learn how to tattoo and it's taken me 15 years to even get to where I am and I am nowhere near the best tattooist in the country even there is people coming through who have done art degrees and they have that background they know they know their contrasts and they know their colors and they knew they know everything that there is to know about art and then they just pick up the craft of tattooing and they are brilliant Mm. whereas though I've had to fight and battle because I never even did art so for me, it was just learn on the job, learn airbrushing and tattooing. They complemented each other. But you've got people coming into the industry who make it look easy. And I think people who are trying to be a tattooist that want to come into the industry see that and they think it must be easy. I also, So they come in 
I've seen so many people come and go. <clears throat> they come in the door. They think they're going to be tattooed on that day and making money. And you tell them, no, this is an apprenticeship. You're sweeping floors. You're learning the front counter. You're doing this. You're doing that. And they don't want to do it. Mm. You know, they want to, they think it's cool because you can wake up and start work at 10 o'clock, which it yes. is. <laughs> but they usually have no drive and they, they take it because it seems like an easy way out. Mm. It's easier than going and getting a trade. It's easier than going and getting a nine to five job where, you know, you have to be told what to do. I think it's, it's a cool, it's perceived as so cool, but you still have to put the work in. You still have to become a good artist. And there's a lot more to tattooing than just tattooing. You do have to sit there with people and not everyone is, you know, a pleasure. You know, you take on a lot of people's energies. You, if someone comes in and they're cranky and they're having a bad day, you take that home with you, you know, and you have to, you're almost like a, a counsellor in a way that you have to talk to people. Um, and, you know, sometimes you've got people come in, they're getting a tattoo because someone's died. That's not a happy thing that you're sitting there talking about, you know, so there's a lot to it. You have to be a personality. You have to be able to talk to people. You have to be able to do the job. You know, I know tattooists that just put their headphones on and go for it. I can't really do that. I've tried to do that, but <clears throat> I'm more of a personal um, type of person that will sit and talk to you and make you feel like you're getting that experience as well, rather than put my headphones on. You're just a piece of me. I'm going to tattoo you. See you later. So um, that's one of the things. I think the other thing from the, from the other side, from the customer side is they also see it as such a cool thing that it's not a job. That's how they look at it. They just want a tattoo and they come in and oh, you just do it. It's just fun. We just know it's my business and I've got bills like everyone else and I need to charge accordingly. So, yeah. you know, there's a few things that go along with it from both sides. It is perceived as a cool job. So people think it's cool. It's not a job. Tattooists come in or people who want to be tattooists and go, it's cool, it's not a job. But when you tell them to be there on time, they don't turn up and all the rest of it, blah, blah, blah. So it is a job within itself as well. So that's one of the things that I can sort of see um, from my experience, yeah. Mm. And I think um, just with this podcast, like talking to a lot of people in different creative jobs, those two sides come up for nearly every industry and, and every creative type that I've spoken to. So yeah, I, I can yeah. that. I wanted to see if you would be up for sharing a few of your favorites with us or, you know, any pieces that you've done over the years that maybe you're really proud of or stand out that come to mind. Maybe some of your tattoos that, you know, you've got that you have some stories about. Um, yeah, um, I think the more interesting stories are the ones that I've been out and seen. Like sitting there and tattooing, it is creative and it's great, but it, it's nothing like going and getting tattooed in a different environment by a different person and seeing the type of people that come into the shop. Like I've, like I said, I went and got tattooed by Baby Ray years ago. And to cut the long story short, while I was in the shop, he set someone on fire. Like, I mean, he was nuts, that guy. I mean, I'm just sitting in a shop and he's literally had a, a bottle of like methylated spirits or something. I don't know what he had. And he squirted it on someone's leg and set them on fire and just crazy stories. Like even I've sat in the shop and I've had people uh, get tattooed, pass out and just urinate all over themselves, all oh. over the floor. <laughs> Like, it's nuts. It is actually nuts. I've had people come in 
Um, you know, when I worked in, in Wollongong, it was on a street where we had the pub up the road. We had the methadone clinic up the road in the hospital, the train station. And, and uh, it was a bit of a, it could be a rough area at, yeah. at night. And I used to see all types come in. I used to see all types of people come in the, the shop and want triple six tatted on their forehead. Um, you know, people scrounging for cigarettes out the front. I've seen other t- tattoo artists um, literally kick a guy out of the shop. <laughs> like, mm. I mean, it used to be a lot crazier than what it is to this day. Can't um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I worked at a shop once and one of the guys there, he, come around the corner too fast and he lost control of his car and he ran over the sign out the front of the shop and really smashed through the window and everyone would dive out of the way. Like it, I feel like I've got a hundred little stories to tell mm-hmm. that are just really funny, but really crazy. That just wouldn't happen in another workplace. If yeah. I worked in real estate, it would not happen. <laughs> you know, very, very interesting stuff. And the other thing about a tattoo shop that I find is People come in and they think it's a real bad, they think they're badass, you know, they're coming in and getting a tattoo. So the first thing they want to do is, is unload all of the nasty stuff they do. They can't wait to tell you how bad they are and the things they've done. Like, And you sit there and you think, I've known you for 20 minutes and you've just told me stuff that could send you to jail. <laughs> I I was going to ask, like, because it can be so insane and crazy. Do you, like, on the days where just not much happens, like, are you a little bit disappointed? No, it's nice. (laughs) Some days it's nice. You can just have a nice casual day. But other times you don't mind a bit of action, you know. And where we're situated in Picton, uh, across the road is the pub. And it's it's a really cool pub. They have bands out the front and everything like that. So, you know, we see all sorts. People leave there and do burnouts and smash their cars and, and motorcycles leaving, racing up the road and drunk people coming into the shop asking for crazy weird stuff. And, you know, and the, the rumours itself, the, like just the rumours that I've heard about the shops and all the rest of it, they just start on their own and they take off and you'll have people sitting there telling you a story about yourself that you didn't even know that you did. So <laughs> it's just got a real aura around it that people find it interesting and bad and I feel like it's a coming of age when people turn 18 they want to get a tattoo if mm-hmm. something big in their life happens they want to get a tattoo so we do deal with a lot of people on a high you know like I tattoo an old lady at the moment she's <clears throat> she's in her 70s and she had a really conservative life her whole life she never did anything wrong she was just put every foot right and a lot of her family members died and she's come in and I've started doing full sleeves on her now and she does her hair up in different colours and all the rest of it. And she told me I always wanted to get a tattoo, but I could never do it because society was against me. I couldn't do my hair crazy colours back in the day. I couldn't get a tattoo because, God forbid, said, but my husband died, my daughter's died, and this and that, and stuff it. So now she comes in and she's and she's brought, like, a whole bunch of her girlfriends in. So some days oh. I have a, a shop full of 70-year-old women come in. And you know what? <laughs> they are so much fun. They go nuts. They're at the front laughing and carrying on and all the rest of it. They love it. It does sound like a lot of fun. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. It's interesting, that's for sure. And we've built a real family down there as well with a lot of the staff and we've got some great artists and it's good to be able to learn. Like I've done my research and I've travelled and met people, so is everyone in that shop. And now I'm sitting with some really talented artists who are doing really talented work and I look up to them as well, you know, and I, I learn off them. And it's just 
you never get there. You're always learning. You're always changing your direction in the way that you're tattooing and the things that you're doing. And I think it's just the best job because you never get a finish line. You're never at the finish line. You, you're constantly learning. I guess you would get a lot of people coming in. It's their first tattoo. Um, you know, they're obviously very excited. They're very nervous. If there are some listeners out there who maybe don't have a tattoo or they're thinking of getting a new tat, what is your advice to someone who, you know, it's their first time they're coming in, they're getting tattooed? Have a plan. Most, most people that come in, <clears throat> their first tattoo has got to be perfect. Mm they are usually the hardest person to get a design ready for um, because they say, everyone says they're only ever going to get one tattoo. Now, my experience is that no one ever gets one tattoo. It is addictive. But they come in and the first one, you will sit there for hours. I've sat there for hours trying to get a design ready for someone and they turn around and go, all right, well, I'm not, still not sure, so I'll come back another day. And you've wasted two hours trying to get a design together. But it's fine because they come back and they know what they want. And if you can sit on a design for two or three years and in three years you still want that design, then you definitely know that you want it. Mm. Because I know that every tattooist, you can walk into a tattoo shop, see the most talented tattooist, and he will be covered in rubbish tattoos. Because we hit 17, 18, and we want to get tattooed, so we start getting tattoos all over us. And we get one here, one there, one there, and then we hit 30 and we go, do you know what would have been nice if I had got, one big tiger and that went all the way instead of a, a skull and an eyeball and a number and this and a name and you know that, that name scrubbed out and another <laughs> name put on and you know so I think you need to get a plan and you need to stick with it and work out what you really want but after that you don't care what you get if I was to get a tattoo now and I'm just filling gaps it'd be just whatever put whatever fits that shape so in the beginning, it's really special and important. And after a while, you just get covered in all sorts of bits, pieces. So it's really addictive. On the other side of that, and you've kind of touched on this a little bit just with your, I guess, apprenticeship and, you know, your learning experience. But what advice would you have to anyone out there who is interested in being a tattoo artist? You have to be prepared to put the work in. You have to be prepared to sit, watch, listen and learn. Don't expect to come into it and be a rock star and you just because you're a good drawer or whatever, you're just going to be a great tattoo artist. There's so much more to it. I see a lot of people come and go because I think that they don't expect it to be a hard job in the way that you have to put the work in. Mm. They want to just turn up and have a really cool job, like I said before. So I think if you're willing to sit down, listen, do your time, take the criticism um, listen to what the experienced people around you have to say because they've done it, they've been there, they've gone through it. And this is the other thing, we're dealing now with a different generation. So when I was <clears throat> learning how to tattoo, it was a rough scene. And, I mean, it wasn't kind to you. If you weren't pulling your weight, you would be thrown out. If you were um, back chatting or leaving early or not getting there, you'd be fired. There was no two ways about it but now <clears throat> we live in a society where everyone's so soft and they can't handle it and they've got to have time off because their brother's cat died and they're upset like I think you need to have a thick skin you need to toughen up and they need to get in basically put your head down your ass up and shut your mouth open your eyes and you know watch learn and see what the successful people are doing around you it's like anything if you want to be 
successful like a person is. You have to do what they do, mm. you know. So I find a lot of these new people, especially younger people, they come in because they were an outcast. They didn't really know what they were going to do with their life. They struggled at school. They weren't good at that. So I know I'll go and get a job drawing. But they're the type of people that find it hard to turn up on time. They don't want to put the hours in, you know. Um, they're a little bit of a, a special breed. Tattooists in general are a little bit of a prima donna, like, you know, they're artists. So they take, I don't know how to say it properly, they're, they're a bit special. <laughs> we're a special bunch and we've you know i think if you can just stick it out and put your head down and you can just stick to it then you will make something out of yourself like you will in anything yes. if you are a bricklayer and you go to work every day and you become good at that you will be a good bricklayer it doesn't matter what you do in life if you do it well you'll always be set so that's the same with tattooing we are coming towards the end of the podcast so you've kind of summed it up already, but, you know, if you could think of a way to sum up how you love the shit out of tattoos, give it a crack. I love them. It's my whole life. I love, you know, it's not just tattooing now. Like tattooing's branched off for me. I've got a, I've illustrated a children's book now called Snot Nose Fart Bums. Oh. Um, so I was approached by Renee, who is the author of the book, and she come to me and she said, do you want to do some drawings for a book? And I, we got together and it took about two years. We finally got it together and we've, so we've got a children's book out there now. So going from hanging around a crazy wild scene, you, you can be so versatile with it, with art in general. Like, you know, I've seen artists who work for Disney now. They were tattoo artists and now they work for Disney or they <clears throat> ventured into things where you never would have thought they would end up. It's not just tattooing. It's you into the, I'm doing some airbrushing. Um, I do a lot of collaborations at the moment with Kyle Smith from Smith's Concepts. And we paint cars. We won the best low rider of, it was two years ago before COVID come in. And we took out the trophy for the best low rider in the country. And he done artwork on it. And then I had done all the airbrush work on it. So um, our best paint it got as well, I think. So you know, it's taken me into different worlds. Like I'm in the lowrider world now. I'm in the car scene. I'm a children's yeah. illustrator. I can do, I'm confident to do anything now. Like I can do my, my, take my art and let my art take me to different places where I never thought I would go. So I love it because it's just, I live it and I breathe it. You know, I do logos for people. I do all sorts of stuff. It's not just tattooing. So you branch off. You meet people, you make connections, and I think it's just an awesome world. Just the art community in general is really great too to meet other artists doing similar things and everyone just uh, feeds off each other and, and it's such a great community. It really is. Okay, what other things do you love the shit out of? Obviously, you've touched on the cars. Um, <laughs> cars, a lot, motorcycles. But, yeah, what other hobbies <laughs> do you have? Um, well, at the moment... Um, I, like I said, it's my motorcycle. I just finished building an old motorcycle, uh, cars, and my family at the moment. I've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old, which keep me and the missus very busy. So trying to fit all of this in as well is is a bit is a bit of a I've got a fair bit on my plate, let's say, you know. But um, yeah, mostly sums it up. It was always cars, bikes, tattoos, and now it's my family. So yeah, that's my life. 
Beautiful. And I guess um, for context for the listeners, I think when they'll be listening to this, we'll be out of lockdown kind of. But, yeah, obviously the shop has been closed for a while. It's been, what, nearly four months now? Yeah, four months we haven't been at work. So So I guess you're looking forward to to getting back and actually doing <laughs> to relearning how to tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a couple of weeks maybe. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, before you book in. <laughs> All right, so finally, um how can people get in touch with you, Jay? Okay, um you can contact Picton Tattoos. Um just on the internet, obviously, look up Picton Tattoos and they'll come up. We've got Instagram. You can look up my Instagram, which is jboytattoo. Um, my email is jboytattoo at hotmail.com. That, awesome. If you can't get through to me by that, you're not looking hard enough. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Jay, for being on the podcast. No, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.